This video is sponsored by Audible, who are offering a free audiobook if you sign up for a trial at audible.com slash ASX. If you haven't read the Game of Thrones books before, or you want to reread, you've got to try listening to the audiobook. It's a totally different way to experience the story. Audible's offering the first book of Thrones, or any other audiobook, for free, and even if you cancel your trial, you can keep the book. So please sign up at the link below. You get a free book, and it'll really help out this channel. Thanks. In Season 6 of the Game of Thrones show, Elena Tyrell wonders if Cersei is the worst person she's ever met. Cersei does do a lot of terrible things. While the wife of King Robert, she has a secret incestuous relationship with her twin brother Jaime, passing off their illegitimate kids as Robert's rightful heirs, undermining the political system of Westeros and leading to war. When Arya Stark tangles with Cersei's son Joffrey, Cersei has the innocent direwolf Lady executed, and tries to get Arya maimed or killed. Cersei kills King Robert by getting him drunk during a hunt, then she ignores the king's will to have Ned Stark serve as regent and instead has Ned imprisoned. That's all in Book 1. In Book 2, Cersei has Robert's baby bastard Barra murdered, along with her mother. Cersei has an innocent woman, Alayeya, Roz in the show, brutally beaten in an attempt to hurt Cersei's brother Tyrion. She may also be responsible for Sir Mandon's attempt on Tyrion's life. In Book 3, Cersei wrongfully accuses Tyrion of killing Joffrey, which gets Tyrion sentenced to death. In Book 4, Cersei really goes to town. She has the High Septon killed, has some innocent dwarfs killed, has some innocent guards killed, and tries to have Bronn and Tristane Martell and Jon Snow killed. She just loves killing. She also sends a bunch of women to Kyburn to be used in horrific experiments, and brutally tortures an innocent bard. She tries to frame Marjorie Tyrell and others for crimes that they didn't commit, and makes a bunch of bad political decisions. She stops paying the Crown's debts, gives an expensive fleet of ships to an unqualified pretty boy who steals them and becomes a pirate, and she lets the Faith Militant arm themselves, leading to the rise of the High Sparrow. After this farce and disaster, Cersei's crimes catch up with her. She's imprisoned by the Faith and takes a walk of shame. That's as far as the books go so far, but in Season 6 of the show, Cersei wreaks revenge. She blows up the Sparrows and Tyrells with wildfire and crowns herself Queen of Westeros, in her final form as a sort of Maleficent evil queen type. So Cersei kind of is the worst. She hurts and kills innocent people, destabilizes the country, and contributes to war. Should we call her a villain? A monster? Is she just cruel and selfish and stupid? A vile, evil bitch, in Marjorie's words? Or could there be more to Cersei Lannister? In the first three books of Thrones, we only see Cersei through the eyes of other characters, but starting in the fourth book, we get chapters from Cersei's point of view. We read her thoughts and feelings, her hopes and dreams, her past and glimpses of her future, so we can start to understand and maybe sympathise with this complex character. We can even predict how Cersei might die. Her story basically comes down to three main themes, power, love, and prophecy. The first line of Cersei's first chapter says she dreams of sitting the Iron Throne, high above them all. Cersei wants to rule. She lusts for power with every waking breath, and it's a particular kind of power that she wants. People like Stannis and Robert Baratheon and Robb Stark have power that you can see. They wear crowns and swing swords and lead armies, and everyone knows that they are in charge. 
In contrast, people like Varus and Littlefinger and Elena have a more subtle kind of power. They don't wear crowns or swing swords or lead armies, instead they have secrets, spies and schemes. Their influence is invisible, but very significant. Varus runs a conspiracy, Littlefinger causes war, and Elena kills King Joffrey and grows the power of her house. Without anyone even knowing it, these three are some of the most powerful people in Westeros. But Cersei isn't interested in this subtle kind of power. In the show, Littlefinger tells Cersei that knowledge is power, but then Cersei demonstrates in her words that power is power. She doesn't want to influence events from the shadows, she wants people to know that she's in charge. She wants to sit the throne and for great lords and proud ladies to kneel before her. These ideas about visible power and pride are at the core of Cersei's personality, and they seem to have mostly come from Cersei's father, Tywin. Tywin was Cersei's only parent growing up, after her mother Joanna died giving birth to Tyrion. And Tywin is obsessed with family legacy, with Lannister power and pride. He says we must demonstrate the power of Castle Rock for all the realm to see. These ideas had a big impact on Cersei. She often thinks on the lessons Tywin taught her, and after Tywin dies, killed by Tyrion, Cersei thinks of herself as Tywin's heir. She wants to be seen as the inheritor of his legacy, and she tries to act as he would. The thing is, Tywin was brutal. He was responsible for some of the worst atrocities in Westeros. The extermination of the reigns of Castamere, the sack of King's Landing, Clegane's raids in the Riverlands, the Red Wedding, not to mention his cruel treatment of Tyrion and Tysha and others. The lessons Tywin taught are barbaric, stuff like never wound a foe when you can kill him, and the only way to keep your people loyal is to make them fear you, that people are tools to be used and that love is worthless. Cersei follows Tywin's cruel example, and in some of her darkest moments, like when she tortures an innocent bard or thinks about wiping out all the ironborn, she tells herself that these things are okay because it's what Tywin would have done. So a lot of Cersei's brutality in her pursuit of power and pride comes from the lessons Tywin taught her. But there's a deeper conflict behind all this. Cersei thinks of herself as Tywin's only true son, as Lord Tywin with teats. There's a tension here, because Cersei Lannister is a woman. There are powerful women in Westeros. Look at Elena Tyrell, Asha, Catelyn, Sansa, Arya, Daenerys, Visenya and Rhaenys. But Westeros is a patriarchal medieval society, which means unless you've got dragons, women usually aren't allowed to hold direct power in their own right. Some women hold subtler kinds of power like Elena, but Cersei isn't allowed to be powerful in the direct, visible way that Tywin is powerful. She can't sit the throne as Hand of the King like Tywin, she can't hold a war council like Tywin or lead an army like Tywin. When Tywin speaks, men obey, but when Cersei speaks, people often contradict her or refuse her, they push her aside, because, Cersei says, she's a woman. And this deeply frustrates Cersei. She is desperate to be the heir Tywin wanted, but she lacks the cock. Cersei constantly broods on the injustice of being excluded from power on account of her sex. She recounts how, when she was a child, Cersei and her twin Jaime looked so alike that no one could tell them apart, but they were treated so differently. Jaime was trained to fight with sword and lance, while Cersei was taught to smile and please. 
Jamie was heir to Castle Rock, while Cersei was to be married off to some lord. Jamie's fate was glory and power, while Cersei's was just marriage and childbirth. Cersei often wishes that she was born a man, because if she was a man, she could rule the realm in her own name, and fight her enemies with a sword. But, she says, the gods in their blind malice had given her the feeble body of a woman. Cersei does use her sex to her advantage sometimes. She uses seduction to influence people like Jaime and Lancel and Osney, but she never really works out the kind of subtle power that makes women like Elena so influential. In fact, Cersei hates Elena, calls her a disgusting old crone, and calls Queen Marjorie a whore and murders her in the show. And Brienne, another powerful woman, Cersei calls a huge, ugly, shambling creature, dressed in man's mail. She calls Princess Elia Martell feeble, with black eyes and a flat chest, calls Lady Lysa Arryn a cow, and calls scepters wrinkled cunts who are probably praying for a good raping. Cersei not only fails to emulate other powerful women, she hates them, and is cruelly critical of their female bodies. Cersei's like a self-hating woman, a female misogynist, and this is one of many contradictions in Cersei's personality. She is desperate for power and pride like her father, but she's deeply frustrated by the limitations imposed on her as a woman. Cersei is also frustrated in her attempts to love. Her mother died when she was young, and her father Tywin was often away in King's Landing. She never had many friends. There were bedmaids and companions, but few lasted very long. Cersei's closest relationship was with her brother Jaime. They'd play in Casterly Rock as children, and from a young age, they started to experiment sexually. When a maid caught them at it, the twins were separated and chastised, because, you know, incest. But the message to Cersei here was that her most intimate relationship was something seen as shameful and wrong, something to hide. For a while, there was hope that Cersei might have a more socially acceptable relationship, because Tywin promised that Cersei would marry Prince Rhaegar, the son of King Aerys Targaryen. For years, Cersei was happy and excited about the prospect of marrying Rhaegar. He was beautiful and sensitive and strong, a dragon prince. Cersei dreamed of being his queen. But on the day Cersei was promised she'd be betrothed to Rhaegar, Aerys refused the match, and Cersei didn't get to marry the prince. She felt heartbroken and betrayed, a memory that still hurts all these years later. Cersei was then told she'd marry someone better instead, but the man she ended up with was Robert Baratheon, the man who killed Prince Rhaegar. At first, Cersei was optimistic about this new husband, but on their wedding night when they first had sex, Robert drunkenly called Cersei Lyanna. Lyanna Stark was the sister of Ned, and died giving birth to Jon Snow. Robert loved Lyanna, and never could let go after she died. As Cersei says in the show, Lyanna was a corpse, and Cersei was a living girl, but Robert loved Lyanna more than her. Cersei came to hate Robert. She hated his drinking, and his infidelity, and his irresponsibility, and that he'd hurt her sometimes, and so Cersei secretly continued her relationship with Jaime. She says that she and Jaime are more than brother and sister. They are one person in two bodies. They shared a womb together, and when he is in her, she feels whole. The incest aspect is pretty icky here, and their relationship is messed up in other ways too. Cersei lies and manipulates Jaime, and cheats on Jaime, and apparently only loves him to the extent that he looks like her. So does Cersei really love Jaime, or does Cersei just love Cersei? 
It's a dysfunctional relationship, but it's the realest love that Cersei's ever had. Jaime is there for Cersei, fights for Cersei, and is the father of her three children. Cersei dreams of loving Jaime openly, of living with him as husband and wife with their kids, but because of the incest and because of Cersei's marriage to the king, she can never openly be with the person she loves. Her whole relationship history is a series of frustrations and denials. She wants Jaime, she can't have him. She wants Rhaegar, she ends up with Robert. In the same way that Cersei's denied the power and pride she desires, Cersei's also denied love and these frustrations feed much of her cruelty throughout the series. But there's one more important theme to cover, prophecy. When Cersei was ten years old, on the same day she hoped to be betrothed to Prince Rhaegar, she and some friends entered the tent of Maggie the Frog. Maggie was a witch, a fortune teller, so Cersei marched in and demanded to hear her future. Maggie granted three questions, so Cersei asked when she'd marry Prince Rhaegar, and Maggie said never that Cersei would marry the king. Cersei asked if she'd be queen, and Maggie said Cersei will be queen until there comes another, younger and more beautiful, to cast Cersei down and take all that she holds dear. Cersei asked if she and the king would have children, and Maggie said the king will have sixteen children, and Cersei will have three. Gold shall be their crowns, and gold their shrouds, Maggie said. That's as far as the show goes, but in the books, Maggie continued, and added that when Cersei's tears have drowned her, the Valenquar shall wrap his hands about her pale white throat and choke the life from her. Maggie also prophesied the death of Cersei's friend Malara. So what does this all mean? Well, Maggie said that Cersei won't marry the prince, she'll marry the king. And at first, Cersei thought this meant she'll marry Prince Rhaegar after he becomes King Rhaegar, but that never happens. Rhaegar is killed, and the king Cersei marries is Robert. Maggie's also correct about Cersei's children. Robert has 16 bastards, including Gendry and Bowra and Maya Stone, while Cersei has Joffrey, Marcella and Tommen, with Jaime. And Cersei's friend Malara does die. After Maggie's prophecy, Malara drowns in a well. In fact, it's strongly implied that Cersei pushed Malara, killed her young friend partly because she thought Maggie's prophecy wouldn't come true if no one talked about it. So at ten years old, this was Cersei's first murder, and it was motivated in part by fear of Maggie's prophecy. Cersei is haunted by Maggie's words for the rest of her life. Maggie accurately predicted Cersei's husband and children, and the death of Malara, so Cersei's afraid the other parts of the prophecy will also come true. The gold shrouds, the younger more beautiful, and the Valenquar. The gold shrouds suggest that Cersei's children will die. The younger, more beautiful bit suggests that another woman will cast Cersei down. As for the Valenquar that will choke the life from her, Valenquar means little brother, so Cersei believes that her younger brother Tyrion will try to kill her. Maggie's prophecy threatens everything that Cersei cares about most, her children, her power, and her life. So she tries desperately to avert the prophecy. She thinks Tyrion is the Valenquar, so she tries to have him killed. She believes Marjorie is the younger, more beautiful person, so she tries to get her killed by framing her for adultery. And she does everything she possibly can to protect her children. But it's never enough. Joffrey is murdered with poison and dies at his own wedding. Her daughter Marcella is sent to Dawn by Tyrion and is attacked in the books, dead in the show. Tommen is married to Marjorie, who Cersei feels is taking him away from her, 
and he ends up committing suicide in the show. He's still alive in the books, but probably not for long. So despite Cersei's best efforts, her children are taken from her, one by one, in golden shrouds, like Maggie predicted. Despite all her power, Cersei's unable to protect the ones she loves. Her attempts to protect herself by killing Tyrion also fail, and her attempts to protect her power by framing Marjorie totally backfire, getting Cersei locked up and humiliated. The more she fights, the worse things get, and in Feast, Cersei spirals into fear and paranoia, desperation and delusion, violence and cruelty. She sees dwarfs in every shadow, and makes foes of friends. She convinces herself that Tyrion and Marjorie are evil schemers out to get her. She declares that she'd kill all the common people in Westeros, if that was what it took to keep Tommen safe. She's a terrible ruler. Cersei becomes everything that she hated about Robert. She drinks too much, and cheats on Jaime, and makes dumb decisions. Cersei even has sex with a woman and hurts her in bed, only to pretend the next morning that it never happened, exactly like Robert. In her desperation to protect her power and her children and her life, Cersei's choices get more extreme until she destroys herself politically. Ironically, it isn't Maggie's prophecy so much as Cersei's fear of the prophecy that causes her downfall. And prophecies are often like that in Thrones. The more you try to avoid them, the more you make them true. The truth of Maggie's prophecy is not what Cersei thinks. Maggie said that Cersei will be queen until there comes another, younger and more beautiful, to cast Cersei down and take all that she holds dear. Cersei thinks that this is Marjorie, who is younger and arguably more beautiful. But Marjorie probably won't be the one to cast Cersei down, she's dead in the show. A more likely queen to cast Cersei down is Daenerys, now sailing to take Cersei's throne. Danny is younger and said to be more beautiful, so she could perfectly fit Maggie's prophecy. But there's another cool possibility in Brienne, the one who takes Cersei's dear Jamie from her. Brienne is younger than Cersei, but she isn't more beautiful. In fact, in the books, Brienne is very ugly, so ugly that she's called the beauty as a cruel, sarcastic joke. But some fans argue that Brienne has a metaphorical inner beauty, her heroism, loyalty, and kindness, which does sound a bit lame and cliche, but it could make sense for Maggie the Frog. Maggie in the show looks like a sexy Halloween witch, but Maggie in the books is very ugly. Maybe she'd want to teach vain young Cersei a lesson by referring to a woman's inner beauty. Also, Catelyn thinks that Brienne's eyes are beautiful, and she thinks that just after saying that she'd like to wrap her hands around Cersei's white throat and choke her. Almost the exact wording of Maggie's Valenquire prediction. So there's definitely some connection here between Brienne and Maggie's prophecy, but Daenerys might still be a better fit for the person to cast Cersei down. Either way, all of Cersei's efforts against Marjorie were probably pointless, and only served for Cersei to screw herself over. Cersei is also probably wrong about the Valenquire, the little brother who will kill her. It's true that Tyrion threatens Cersei, and thinks that he would like to strangle her, but there's a different possibility that could be way more dramatic and cool. Many readers believe that the little brother who will strangle Cersei is Jaime. Jaime is Cersei's other younger brother, he came out of the womb right after Cersei did. They've been lovers almost all their lives, but while Cersei grows ever more cruel and crazy, Jaime in the books takes a different path. 
After losing his hand, Jamie questions his identity and starts to change from the arrogant, selfish kingslayer, a man with shit for honour, into someone nobler, someone beginning to seek redemption. He questions his relationship with Cersei, until finally at the end of Feast, he rejects her entirely, burning a letter Cersei sent begging for help. Maybe Jaime will finally realise that his twin has become a monster. Maybe it'll be up to him to end her reign of terror. In season 6 of the show, Cersei destroys the Sept of Baelor with wildfire, and there are a lot of hints that she'll do something similar in the books. Cersei's often associated with wildfire, and she knows how to use it. But in the books, she probably won't just blow up the Sept, like she does in the show. In book 2, we're specifically told that wildfire is removed from beneath the Sept. So book Cersei will do something else with wildfire, something far more dramatic. Cersei's interest in wildfire reminds Jaime of the Mad King Ares. Ares was a cruel and unpredictable ruler, and towards the end of his reign, with Robert's Rebellion about to usurp him, Ares had caches of wildfire placed all over King's Landing, planning to burn down the whole city and everyone in it, leaving only ashes for Robert to rule over. He would have got away with it too if it weren't for Jaime, who killed the Mad King and his pyromancers, earning him the name Kingslayer. But thing is, a lot of Ares's wildfire is still down there beneath King's Landing. Maybe Cersei will use this wildfire to do what Ares attempted years ago, to destroy King's Landing and everyone in it. This could go down when Daenerys Targaryen, or maybe Aegon in the books, attacks the city. Cersei will realise that she can't beat the invaders, but she won't want to surrender. As we saw at the Battle of the Blackwater, Cersei would rather die than be captured by enemies. And with her back against the wall and her defeat at hand, all her fury and frustration will come to boil. All the slights on her pride and power, her exclusion due to her sex, the denial of her loves, her fear of a prophecy, her grief for her children, all that pain will light a fire. In Book 1, Cersei asks, What of my wrath, Lord Stark? Game of Thrones is full of characters who fight and bleed for what they believe in. Rob Stark wars to avenge his father, Daenerys conquers for her throne, Jon Snow fights to protect the realm, but Cersei has never gotten the chance to fight, to express her desires with action. She's always had to wait to play a role, the dutiful daughter, the bride, the wife. She's suffered Robert's drunken groping, Jaime's jealousy, Renly's mockery, She's contended with John Arryn, Ned Stark, and Tyrion, all the while promising herself that one day it would be her turn. But her turn never comes. She never gets a firm grasp on power. She never gets to openly love. And all of her children die. So in the end, maybe Cersei will finally express her wrath, her rage from all these years, in full, the only way she can. She will set off Ares's wildfire to burn down King's Landing, to destroy everyone who's ever defied her. And it'll be up to her twin Jaime to intervene. Just as he killed Ares to save King's Landing before, he'll be forced to kill his twin Cersei. He will wrap his hands about her pale white throat and choke the life from her. One of Jamie's hands is gold, so he might strangle her with the Hand of the King necklace that Tyrion used to kill Shay. The links of the chain are hands, and we know Cersei has the necklace in Feast, 
and Jamie has thought about strangling a woman with a necklace before. And in the season 7 trailer, Cersei stands on a part of Westeros called the Neck, while Jamie stands on a region called the Fingers. So the hints are all here for Jamie to strangle Cersei to death. Jamie will kill his lifelong lover, his other darker half, in an attempt to save the city from wildfire again. But this time, he'll be too late. Cersei and Jamie came into the world together, and both of them believe that they'll die together. So as Jamie chokes his twin to death, the wildfire will rise around them, killing them both, leaving only the ashes and burned out throne room that we've seen in visions. In her desperate greed for power and love, Cersei will destroy her throne, and her love, and herself. Thanks for watching. Thanks to Nina Friel and to Lady Gwyn of Radio Westeros for feedback on this script. Radio Westeros have a great podcast episode about Cersei and Jaime. Check it out for another perspective on Cersei's character. Lots of the ideas in this video come from the Song of Ice and Fire fan community. Check out the subreddits and westeros.org. And please do sign up at audible.com ASX. You get a free audiobook and you help out this channel. Finally, thanks to the patrons for making this video possible, including Nolan Conrad, Anna Maria Clout, Ishpaul Bamba, Jennifer Rust, Master994, and Jubek. Cheers.